Welcome to Cellmates Podcast, a podcast where we compare, contrast, and generally throw a Venn diagram over two animated movies. I'm Dick Ward. I'm Kate Phillips. Hey, Kate. How's it going? It's going pretty good. That's great. Hey, yeah. by the way, I don't know if, if you know, you. I don't know if you've listened to this podcast before uh, or been on all of the episodes, but... I have. Okay. Well, I'm still going to tell you that... Uh, the movies we talk about are mostly Disney. And not always. And they're mostly musicals. Not always. And they're mostly good. Not always. Yeah. Okay. Huh. We we interchange mostly and often and frequently. Yeah. We're just full of adverbs. Look. Lee. Yeah. Lookly. Lookly. Dick. Yeah. How, how you doing, Dick? It's good Dave? to see you. It's good to see you. It's, yeah. Um... It's, I guess I want to I want to bring this up uh, at the top and just get this out of the way. I feel like we really dated the last episode by setting it in a very specific time and place because we said like, oh, it's the this episode we're still waiting for the full results of the Iowa Democratic Caucus, and that really set it in a time and place. But uh, happy to say, time that, and place that could be years from now. Oh, are we still waiting for those? <laughs> hey. Are they still wrong? Hey. Um, anyway, for those of you not brain poisoned by politics, yeah. uh, don't worry about it. It's don't fine. worry about it. It's fine. it's fine. Everything's fine because we've got drinks in our hands. Yeah, that's why it's fine. Yeah, these are interesting drinks, Kate. Uh, what can you tell me about this drink? That is, oh, it's kind of like separating into. Yeah. I'm so it stir it up a little bit. I will say the 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 salient feature in my hand right now is that it is. Uh, a pink, pinkish color, a dark pink, but dark pink, yeah, pinker than most drinks that I consume. I I would say it's like almost a combination of pink and uh, blue. Like there's a little bit of that. <laughs> yeah, maybe, like like purple, like pink, like blue, pink, blue, pink, blue. Thanks. Uh, Dick, do you happen to know the name of this drink that we created? This is a Charlotte Russe that we concocted. It is. It, almost. Oh. It's halfway. Um, this is a... <laughs> Sorry. I wasn't trying to be funny. I thought I had it. You thought you had this it. This is a ballet russe. Ballet russe. Uh-huh. Oui. I wasn't going to say it like that. It is. We go through a very um, a, a very in-depth uh, process on Cellmates Podcast of choosing our drink per episode. And I don't it's a know... highly researched... I don't know how much anyone cares about this outside of us, but this is like this the, is a big piece of the preparation. I for am us. legitimately saying this. We don't research many things on the podcast, yeah. but we do we do research the alcohol that we drink. We make an effort. So like, you know, we'll stop at a couple of different stores looking for beers and like, you know, if we see a beer where we're like, you know what, that might be an episode a month or two down the line, we'll we pick it, it up just yeah. to make sure that we have it. Would it. For the Pocahontas Princess Frog, Princess and the Frog episode, I think we had that purple haze in our fridge for like three months because we yeah. kept pushing back the episode in favor of other things. So technically, we did not have that purple haze in our fridge for three months. 
Because at one point in that three month period, I drank it all and then had <laughs> and to then buy we had more. To get new, yeah. But yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So when it came time to choose a drink for this episode, mm-hmm. we're thinking, okay, we need like a ballet slipper, ballet like curtains dancing kind how, of. There's, how is there not a white wine with a ballerina on? There's gotta on it? be ballet slipper wine. Yeah. Well, we couldn't find anything. No. So then usually our next go to is. All right, we'll look up the thing and cocktail. Like that's how we found that mouse trap. Yeah, uh, that was a for fun mouse one. month. The paper airplane for whatever we did that for. Yeah, and it turns out that there was a cocktail named exactly after the theme that we had intended. Belarus. Ballet Russe. What is it? That, Russe meaning that Russian. Sounds, is that Japanese? No, it is You're French. Speaking? Oh. Ballet Russe. I can't do the back of the third thing as well as I used to because now I speak Spanish. But <laughs> Russian ballets are the theme of the day. Huh. Um, D- Dick, would you like to tell us more? Yeah, this is a time where I would normally make a joke about some other Russian ballet uh, to throw people off the scent, but I don't know any other Russian ballet hey. off the top of my head. No jokes. So this is... Uh, Two, ba- two, two movies based on ballets. And specifically Tchaikovsky ballets. Who is Russian. Who is Russian. Uh, we are looking at The Sleeping Beauty, otherwise known as Sleeping Beauty. And Swan Princess, otherwise known as The Swan Princess. No, Swan Lake is the ballet. What? It is a different name. Oh, I didn't understand. Oh, sorry. The Sleeping Beauty is the name of the ballet. I didn't get the joke. Sleeping Beauty is the name. Well, if you were on this notes with well, me. Well, I'm not. Well, uh, yeah. So <laughs> Sleeping Beauty, Disney 1959. Nice. Swan Princess, mm, Richie Rich, 1994. Richard Rich. And that's real. That is the director of this movie. Richard Rich. Uh, Richard Rich. Richie Rich. Um, yeah. And... We paired these movies because they're both Tchaikovsky ballets. We thought that was fun. Yeah. But as is often the case with Cellmates Podcast, there was more that intersected than we had originally thought. Something there that wasn't there before. Ooh, that's neat. Write it down. I I think that's a... That's a I, phrase that can go somewhere. I'll tell Swan Princess. I like I'm that. sure it'll use it. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, no. So. Guys, we. Before. Audience, we're, we're going to talk. I, if anyone out there is a big fan of Swan Princess and does not want to hear. No, uh, Dick, here's the thing. You, you, can't, you can't do that every episode. And we really need it for an upcoming episode. Of yeah, a movie that we have watched already. So but we'll, boy, we'll find positive things to say about this one. No, I, I have positive things to say mm-hmm. and also. Well, let's let's save that then yeah. and start talking about Sleeping Beauty. Okay. Dick, what is your history with this movie? Well, this movie came out before I was born. Sure did. And I've watched it sometime after I was born. <laughs> um... <laughs> Well researched podcast, everyone. The eye roll from Kate. I, I could feel it in my soul. Um, so 
I, I have like strong memories of this movie. I definitely watched it a bunch as a kid. I definitely liked it as a kid. Uh, I re- like when we first started watching it for the podcast. I like the first five minutes. I was like, I don't remember any of this, and the rest of it, I was like, Oh yeah, I remember all of this. Mm. I I got this. Um, and particularly the like ending not even like fight scene, like adventure scene, like Prince Philip cutting through thorns and then fighting the dragon and stuff, like strong in my memory. So uh, I don't know the last time that I watched this. I would posit that I was probably still pretty young, Um, but really enjoyed getting to rewatch it. Nice. What about you? This is, in my little kid head, the last Disney movie, like this is all in quote marks, mm-hmm. the the last Disney movie I saw to have at the time seen every Disney movie. I know now that that's completely false. Yeah. I had never seen The Rescuers. I still haven't seen The Rescuers Down Under. You haven't. I don't think I've great. seen Oliver and Company, which mm. at this point it's like early 90s when I get to see it. But I don't know. Maybe yeah, it's like you that. You haven't seen Oliver and Company, which came out. While you were a kid. No, that's, no. That's, that's not true. It came out either well, when I, I was, was zero or one. Yeah. Well, it came out it while I was a kid. Before Little so Mermaid. There you go. And I was two years old. All right. Anyway, uh, so maybe it was like when they re-released all the videos, they just released the good ones again. Mm-hmm. And this was like the last of those like plushy VHS case ones that I had seen. Anyway, I believe this was at my great aunt Jean's house in okay. Michigan. Like, the one time we made the trip to visit her. Um, This was also, I believe, the same visit that we discovered I was allergic to cats. Because I played with her cat all day. And I was very, like, interested in the cat's, like, bone structure. So, like, like I kind of just, like, felt up a cat all day. Like, not felt up. But, like, I was very interested in all, like, the bony parts and the shapes and, like, where the ribs were. So when I was like covered in hives and swollen, itchy face, that's how we figured out I was allergic. You've told me this story many times and never have you made it sound like you weren't a psychopath as a child. Yeah. Yeah. That's correct. Great. Uh, That's how you should be hearing it. Good. Uh, So anyway, I also saw Sleeping Beauty, I think, that time. Um, But it was a similar seeing it now because I hadn't seen it since then, which was probably like four or five. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, seeing it now, I, I remembered nothing Mm. like anything that I remembered was because, okay. A lot of things just happened at (laughs) once, right? All right. Name it. Like my ice cracked and it made a ping sound. Like really loud. And immediately after our TV, like flashed the screen and then turned on. For some reason. I think the ice is, is Elsa here? (gasps) Uh... Um, sorry, so sensory overload. Yeah. The scenes that I remember from Sleeping Beauty, quote unquote, remember, are I think just scenes that Disney plays when they're talking about Sleeping Beauty in a mm. montage of things. They're like, mm-hmm. the old classic, Snow White, and it's her dancing with the dwarves. Sleeping Beauty, you know, Prince Philip taking a sword to those yeah. thorns. Like, I, and 
you know, like many other movies we've mentioned on the podcast, um, there was a sing-along video for Once Upon a Dream. I was about to I say. I definitely knew that scene. Most old Disney movies, you at least know from sing-along. Whatever was on that Owl's video. Yeah. Yeah. That Owl was great. He was. Nice guy. Uh, so, yeah. I, I know this movie foremost as kind of like what kind of... I don't want to say like lost Walt on animation, but it didn't do very well critically or box office wise. And so Walt kind of at this point, and it's, he's still seven years away from his death, but he kind of goes, okay, now I'm a live action guy. This This animation can keep happening, but I'm not really going to be involved. Is this where he goes to South America or is that after Dumbo? No, that was because of the war. That was the war. No, this is where he goes to like Mary Poppins. Right. Yeah. Right. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for putting me in a in a time. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. But. Speaking of time. Speaking of time. Do you want to set up? I would if I had my phone on me. Do I have my phone on me? I, well, you know what? I have my phone on me. Oh, no. You can use a different timer. Oh, no. Is that okay? Yeah. Sorry. Cookie timer. Not I guess. Today. Oh, no. We'll oh, make up a new cookie song. I figured out what we were supposed to order on Amazon. An external battery uh, yep. that I did order yesterday morning. Seriously? Boom. Proud of you. All right. <laughs> this is why we need to write things down because otherwise well, we just go over shopping lists while recording a podcast. All right, Kate. Yeah. I'm going to put two minutes on the non On a timer. timer. Oh, no. I don't even know what noise this is going to make. Well, I definitely won't come in under the two minutes if it's not a cookie timer. Well, you're going to How could you to. even expect All right, a you're going to you're gonna tell us yep. about... Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty. Ready? Uh Uh-huh. Go. Baby princess born. Her name is Aurora. All the fairies come to give her gifts. She's betrothed to a six-year-old boy. That's weird. And then one fairy who's evil comes and says, yo, I wasn't invited to this party. You're cursed. 16th birthday, you die because you touch a spindle. And the family goes, oh, no. And the one fairy that's left is like, okay, well, uh, you're just going to go to sleep when you touch a spindle because I can't totally undo this. Anyway, they're like, cool. We're going to hide her from Maleficent, this evil fairy, for 16 years. And that'll take care of the problem. And so they do, and on her 16th birthday eve, she's wandering in the forest. She's been raised by these three fairies, and um, Flora, Fauna, Merryweather, and Mm. she is talking about, like, how she sees this prince in her dreams, and, oh, a prince comes out of the forest, and, oh, it's her betrothed, but she doesn't know that, but she falls in love, and she's like, fairies, I'm falling in love, and they're like, oh, no, that's not good, because you're betrothed. Anyway, it's your 16th birthday, let's get you back to the castle, because we can't just wait another day. Anyway, they bring her to the castle under, like, cloak of night, but then Maleficent, she's evil, so she just, like, puts her under a spell, green glowy light, leads her down this, like, fireplace invisible hallway and then she pricks her finger on a spindle because that's what happens she falls asleep and then the fairies put the whole kingdom to sleep oh i've got lots of time you got a lot of time the, i'm the cookie timer it my works in a different my way my timer's a little longer anyway <laughs> it's a little longer um minutes. so the fairies put the whole kingdom to sleep because that's i guess better than everyone panicking and then the only way she can wake up is her true love's kiss and so then they send prince philip or Prince Philip is somewhere, and then he has to hack through all these thorns that Melissa, Maleficent has put up. And oh, by the way, she's also a dragon. And then he kills the dragon by stabbing it. And then he awakens Sleeping Beauty with true love's kiss. And then they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to get married. Oh, and it was our betrothed and our happy ending because we're an actual love, not just 
marrying because we have to. Cookies are done. Cookies, cookies are, are done. done. Cookies, cookies are, are done. done. That still worked. Thanks. Hey, Kate, nice job. I, I tried. How would you say this holds up when compared to the source material of Descendants 1 through 3? <laughs> I don't, like, I I really enjoyed Maleficent. Like, I'm, I love She's Chris, amazing, right? I love Kristen Chenoweth. Why, why didn't, I don't know. It just seems, they, they didn't in Descendants. I don't think, like, push at the, like, badass evilness yeah. Anywhere near what they could have. Which I, I Even is, with Kristen Chenoweth in that role. Which I think is what they're going for with like the Angelina Jolie. Yes. Yeah. Is like the the badassness. Yeah. But Yeah, Descendants is a different yeah. beast. But yeah, Maleficent is cool. She's got really cool fire. Like um I've mentioned this before that like, especially with Pixar, you can tell like what the new thing they learned how to do is, mm. right? Like it's fur and Monsters, Inc. And it's water and Finding Nemo. I feel like the thing that they learned how to do here was fire. Because there is fire all over this. All, everything that Maleficent touches is green fire. That's so cool. There is orange fire in yeah. like the big battle scene at the end. And I guess there is in Bambi and, you know, Dumbo. But There's it looks really fire. good. It's great. It's, yeah, yeah. Stylized and really cool. Yeah. This movie is funny. Yeah. Were you expecting it to be funny? I did not expect to laugh out loud at no. this movie, and I did. Especially coming off of Dumbo, where a lot of it was just like, okay. Oh, I get it. Like, this is cute, yeah. but it's not funny. Yeah. But no, this movie was this movie was legit funny and had, like, a couple of jokes that, like, I feel like have come around to being back in style. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's something you observed. You were like, this... Was this movie made this year with that joke? What's going on? Yeah, it it reads as really smart 2019 humor. Yeah. Um, especially the two kings and every way they interact. Oh, they're great. The two kings of these neighboring kingdoms that have betrothed their youngins. I mean, like it's 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 a classic like odd couple or like vaudeville pair or whatever, but it just holds up. Yeah, it kind of remind me of like the dynamic like in a Danny Kay movie of like two of the male leads, like this kind of like this banter, but like neither of them are super competent, mm. but this banter is like they're, they're being witty, but they're not as witty as they think they are. And yeah. then the one pulls out a fish for a sword. Oh. Like that was great. Oh, and, and then he resheathed it. Yeah. At the end. Yeah. Yes. Was, the resheath, that was the 2019 thing. Me. Like, yeah. that was the... Like, he used a fish oh, for a sword. Funny. That's funny. But when then he sheathes the <laughs> fish... Because <laughs> he just picks it up off of the table. There's, mm-hmm. like... They're in a kitchen. Killed me. Yeah. Killed me. And the fairies, like, the... Yeah. You oh. had remembered the fairies more. I love the fairies. And yeah. I remembered their names. Mm-hmm. Flora, Fauna, and Merryweather. Mm-hmm. Um, which I... I'm 100% certain I have said at least once in my life instead of Nina, Pinta, and Santa Maria. <laughs> um, yeah, I loved the fairies when I was a kid, and I'm happy to say I still love them. They have a very fun dynamic. They're really funny. They're not like like Dumbo. All the female characters are like... Bitches. Yeah, and like very much like we are sending up women yeah boy this will show them yeah i feel like yeah when i say bitches i mean males 
creating angry, nasty females. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but these three fairies were they're they're nice, they're sweet, like they all have like distinct personalities. Um, Meriwether is not the brightest. Nope. Uh, and I love her and her like animation. Mm-hmm. She does like these little shakes. Yeah, they, like a shimmy. Uh, she, she does. It reminded sh- me of the like the shack and the kitty cat. The shimmy. shack and kitty cat yeah. gift. Yeah. Uh, so she is my favorite. Uh, I enjoy it very much. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Kate. Uh, one thing. One thing I did want to ask is Maleficent a fairy? So in the ver- in the original version, like the first fairy tale and in the ballet, mm. she is like just a big bad fairy. Interesting. Yeah. And I think she might be in sleeping in Disney's too. She might I be. think she might be classified as a fairy. I don't think it's said explicitly, but that is easily could be true. But here's the thing. I think it could be because there is a narrator in this movie. All through this movie. Yeah. It's yeah. weird. And it doesn't super work. It's efficient. It's efficient. Yeah. I, I find it. And again, this is a movie I saw a lot when I was like young. So I find it like comforting to have the narrator. I'm like, oh, this old familiar friend yeah. telling me the story. There's definitely a lot of efficiency, especially in the... the um, the the first kind of act, not yeah. the first. What am I trying to think of? The oh my god, exposition yeah. is the word I was looking for. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think this is also the movie that's identified as like when Disney starts cutting costs on their animation a little bit. Interesting. And I wonder if that's related. No. So Wikipedia Disney version calls her an evil fairy. She's there we just go. taller. She's just human sized all the time. Kate, so speaking of Wikipedia, mm-hmm. I would like you to go to the search bar of Wikipedia because I need you to look something up for me. Oh, okay. Because I'm going to talk about the next movie. Yeah. Go ahead and go up to that search bar and yep. type in the name of our next movie. The Swan Princess. Uh, I believe it's called Swan Princess. It's not, but I'll well, type in that to type humor in Swan you. Swan Princess. Swan Princess. Horse. Uh-huh. That's the first entry the that first comes up. The first entry for Swan Princess is Swan Princess. Yeah. Parentheses. Clearly, horse. the British thoroughbred who lived from 78 to 99. <laughs> uh, a racehorse and brood mare. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it seems like a racehorse. That's funny. Yeah. Swan Princess. Horse. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, I will say that when you do type in the Swan Princess, uh-huh. which is the name of our other movie, it says horse. look at all the individual titles of sequel spin-off mm. garbage that show up. Excellent. It's too many. Oh yeah, there's like 10 of these things. 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 at least 9 here on the search bar. That was counting with Dick and Kate. <laughs> That's going to be a Patreon exclusive. Uh but you got a sneak peek of it. Kate, what was your first experience with Swan with the Swan Princess? Parentheses horse. Um, I, rem- I I had not seen it as a child. My first experience of it was like playing at friends' houses who really liked to create like very dramatic, um, like uh, like fictional interactions. Like kind of like Bar. It started as Barbies, but then it got like really intense, and there was like actual drama with it. Of like 
this person is leaving the family or this person is divorcing this character. And what I remember is around this time, my some of my friends start using the name Odette to name random, like not the Swan Princess Barbie, but mm-hmm. like random, like, oh, my name is Odette in this story. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like... You can't choose Ariel or Belle or Jasmine. You have to choose the fake princess. Fine. Yeah. Um, Because I very much view this as like, oh, it's not a Disney movie. So it's it's not a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I certainly knew it existed. And I I certainly thought it was better than this. Right? Because like other things are better. I think Mm -hmm. Thumbelina might be okay. We haven't watched that. But, like, I remember watching it growing up. Even, like, We're Back is pretty bad, but it's okay. I I think Swan Princess is going to be interesting because I think we we both have a similar opinion of it. But there are some high points in this movie. And I think it does probably have a strong nostalgia element to it. If you saw this movie, it's the same time as... Lion King Mm. it's when you're already obsessed with Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast if you're that kind of kid and so if you did see it you probably have some of the same feelings toward it so there's there's the disclaimer if you have strong feelings toward the Swan Princess or Beauty and the Beast watch it again and then if you still have strong feelings this might not be the podcast episode for you or maybe watch Beauty and the Beast or just watch Beauty and the Beast I see Um, what you're saying so I this is my first time seeing the Swan Mm -hmm. Princess that's all. Did you know of it growing up? I feel like I had seen something about it. And I think in my mind, if you asked me, I would have said, yeah, is that down blue? Right. Yeah. And it's, it's it's not. It's it's someone who spun off from Disney at around the same time, but is much more Mormon about it. He was fired from Oliver and Company. Oh. He was fired as, off directing Oliver and Company. Oh. That's good. He is he um it's interesting the director it appears if he is not Mormon he has done an awful lot of animation with the Church of Latter-day Saints in the last 30 years. Yeah. Um the composer the composer is definitely as well. Mormon. Le- like Lex that's Day in his Wikipedia Azevedo. yeah biography. So and here's the thing like Mormons love musical theater. Yeah. They really do. Yeah. So it's not surprising that they tr- that they go this route of like, well, Disney's making a bunch of animated musicals. We lo- like we love wholesome family entertainment. We love musicals. Let's go. Let's go for this. Yeah. It I, sounds like a good idea. I understand that completely. Um cool. Uh, should I should I do this thing? Yes. If uh good luck to you. Thank you. I'm going to start the cookie timer Mm -hmm. uh, and then switch to Wikipedia so I remember all the characters' names because I'm good at that. And here we go. Cookie timer has started. All right. So Princess Odette is a girl and there's a boy named Prince Derek. They are princes and princesses. Uh, They are... It is... The people who are in charge of them, who are maybe their parents, conspire to make them hang out all the time or like once a summer. Every summer. So that eventually they fall in love with each other and get married. It's a very confusing thing. Anyway, uh, Adette gets turned into a swan. 
by this magical Rothbart villain named Rothbart, uh, who does this in order to take over the kingdom. And also he kills the king. Yeah, that all happens. Uh, yeah, that is true. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and this happens right after Derek proposes to Adette. And she's like, wait, do you just love me because I'm beautiful? And he's like, what else is there? Uh, not smooth, Derek. And so we're like, oh, maybe there's like some girl power to this. But it turns out not really. Anyway, so she's turned into a swan. And Derek searches for her. And then murders her because, or almost murders her because he thinks she's like a great animal that Rothbart turned into. You're laughing at me because I'm doing a bad job Keep of this. Keep going. Keep going. You're doing great. He almost murders her and then he realizes it's her. And then he almost marries someone pretending to be her, like at the end of Little Mermaid. But then mm-hmm. a swan comes crashing through the window. Mm-hmm. And then he marries the swan. Well, don't they, they break the spell? They break the spell and then so he marries her. she's not a swan anymore. When she's not a swan anymore. Because Rothbart d- dies? Yeah. Cookies are done? Cookies. I'm laughing for two reasons. One, because I'm not sure I could have done that better. I thought that was going to be easier. Second, because you went into that with the confidence <laughs> of Orpha going into the Pontius Pilate role in that all-female Jesus Christ superstar that we saw. Wow, this is a reference that everyone's going to get. Well, I want to explain it. Yes. Because we saw an all-female like concert version of Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah. It sounded like a good idea, but no one had had any rehearsal time. No one practiced. The band did a great job. The ba- they were trying their and best. Like one or two performers were yeah. pretty good. But, and, and I haven't seen Orpha in anything else. People seem to like love her. She has like an amazing belt. She was Pontius Pilate, and like, I I don't know. If she's listened to the show before, before like like she she had her script with her, right? She had her music yeah. with her, but like Jesus Christ Superstar does a lot of things with like meter that you don't expect, and yeah. like multiple times, and she and like Pontius Pilate, n- nothing is really a big role in that show. Everyone gets like three songs, and she did not have any of them. Yeah. Um. It would like she went up on lines and just like didn't sing or like would skip ahead and the poor conductor she had to like follow. But but she was very confidently standing up there in her like black leather get up. Like she looked great. She looked great. She she fooled me for a little while. I was like, Oh, this is a neat take. Give me the confidence of an Orpha who thinks she has it and has not practiced at all. Give, Give me the confidence of a mediocre pig. With an amazing spider. <laughs> That's a Wilbur reference. Yeah. Uh, but I, Dick, you did a good job. Thanks. You did. At least there wasn't a conductor who had to follow you. It was just, it was just an independent endeavor. All right. So let's. I, I know we normally like sit down and, and write out some some things that we want to talk about with these movies mm-hmm. and try and hit them all. I'm going to hit you with one that I don't think we put down, and I'm just I'm, go. I'm go doing for it. it. Marion children. Ma- Both of these movies are like, yeah, these kids are getting married. So this is interesting, right? Because the first five-ish, not five minutes, like the first three minutes of each movie yeah. are kind of identical. Yeah, they're really, like, 
was like, oh, these are almost the same movie it is at a the beginning. Baby princess being presented mm-hmm. to a court. Um, and there's a boy who is a few years older who is being told, this is who you're going to marry. And there's an evil character lurking who definitely wants to take over the throne. Yes, Dick. That sounds like Lion King, too. Um, a little bit. Not the very intro, but there is like the evil character lurking who wants to take over the throne. And sure. Simba is told that he's going to marry Nala one day. This is, but not in the first literal three I, minutes. I know. I'm just. There's not literally a boy peeking into his bassinet. There's a shot in both movies yeah. of a small boy peeking into a bassinet and going, ew. ew I'm not going to marry a baby. Like, which, so at least that's you know, nice. You that, know what? Correct. You should not marry a baby. That this that is old gross. norm seems gross now. In 1959 and 94. Good good on everyone. The interesting thing, though, is that Sleeping Beauty is like, uh, we're not, like, look, they're, they're get arranged to be married. That's what's happening. Mm-hmm. And Swan Princess, I don't know if this is from the uh, ballet or not, but Swan Princess is instead of like, this prince and princess are betrothed, it's like, this prince and this princess are going to see each other a little bit each year until eventually they fall. Like it's adults scheming on a way to manipulate these two people into falling in love from a very young age. It's so creepy. Well, yes. And I do like, there's a lot going on in the first song in Swan Princess. Yes, there is. It's like three different prologues in one. But what one of the things this scene, this like sequence does is it establishes that the, these two kids like prank each other all the time. They hate each other. Yeah, that's a neat dynamic to go off of. You know, by now it's a little overdone. Ninety four, a little bit less so, mm-hmm. but it's certainly not Disney, right? It's right. like it's this new thing. It kind of feels a little bit fresher. It kind of feels like all right, like this princess is a tomboy. She's like throwing you know slingshot stuff at her betrothed and his friends. Like mm-hmm. that's neat. It'll give her something to do. And then it, it then it quickly spirals out once they're adults. Oh yeah, she becomes a normal girl. Yeah, like it's it, they. She rejects his engagement I'm throwing, proposal. I'm throwing like, quotes around "normal," by the way. Sure. Uh, yeah, she like she's a tomboy. She's a tomboy. She's a tomboy. And then one beautiful summer, beautiful dresses. She's a beautiful, elegant princess. Yeah, with like long, flowing hair, it's not a, in pigtails. Not yeah. It's a weird move. So he proposes to her. Yeah. You're beautiful. What else is there? And she's like, no, screw that. Which again, nice. Like, that's nice. But then as soon as she becomes a swan, like the first night that she is turned back into a human, because that's the way it works. Like, moonlight is out and she turns into a person. She turns, yeah, she turns into a person if she is on that pond, on that lake. And the moon hits her wings. Which was never really a plot device that came into play until the end but then the spell was broken anyway it's a weird thing anyway so literally the first thing she says when she gets human on this lake is i need to find prince derek to give me true love's kiss because we're meant to be together and it's like what yeah it's the last interaction you had was you telling him off yeah it's a very weird it's a very weird love where it's like she I, just turns on a dime just because she needs him now to not be a swan forever. 
But or, it's not given that motivation. Or the message that I took from it was women never say what they really want. And when they say no, they actually mean yes. E- yeah, I mean, that's because that's kind of what it er. is. Like she leaves that wedding and like he's upset because he messed up. But she's upset because she messed up. But yeah, that's yeah. It's not really. This is not a well-written movie. Yeah, it's a it's kind of a bummer. What is interesting mm-hmm. is that neither of these princes, both of these princes are creations for these respective movies. What? Yes, absolutely. Tell me more. Swan Lake has a Prince Siegfried. Awesome. Who does Way not? Name. Who meets Odette after she has become cursed? So they don't grow up together. There's no betrothal. She he okay, meets why, Odette with. Why do you take a cool name like Siegfried and, turn and just be like Derek? Derek. Yeah, because they kept Derek? Odette. Like, yeah. yeah, if you're gonna keep Odette, keep Siegfried. Yeah, like, don't. So one, there's that, and then also there's a bunch of other human women who have been cursed into swans by Rothbart. Cool. And that's why it's called Swan Lake because they all live on the same pond. But it <laughs> seems like uh, she's the only one in this movie. Yeah. Anyway, so there's no Prince Derek. And in The Sleeping Beauty, no Prince Philip, no betrothed. Sleeping Beauty, instead of sleeping for like, I don't know, three hours, sleeps for a hundred years. Oh. And then it's a new prince living a hundred years from now, who's the right age, that is like chosen by the fairies. Like, you're going to be the one to break the spell. Whoa. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. But. Kind of more interesting. It is, and, and I think it is interesting that both of these movies chose to give chose to give the prince and the princess some kind of prior relationship mm. before the happy ever after. Yeah, because like Snow White definitely doesn't. Right? No. There's a little bit. I think they meet once, right at the end of the I Am Wishing, but it's not an interaction that is notable enough to make you care about them as right. a couple. Um, but Sleeping Beauty, 30, 20 years later? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I like the at least the pretense of, well, we can't just have him come out of nowhere. And That's kind of nice. And they're like, there's like a couple of like cringy bits where it's like, oh, this is clearly the 50s where grabbing a woman tightly by the arm to stop her from running away is acceptable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's like a couple moments like that, but... Generally, I think the relationship is kind of cute. He comes in in the middle of her singing to herself, Mm -hmm. Once Upon a Dream. He like pops in. She's dancing with the the owl. Well, with his literal clothes. Yeah, with with the clothes that her animal friends have stolen. stolen. And he pops in and takes like the last two lines of the chorus. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's a really cool introduction for that character. And it's a moment that, like, I definitely remember. Mm -hmm. And, like, if I'm listening to the song, I can picture it exactly in my head. But also that character is is introduced as an adult before that scene. Mm. He has some comedic things with his horse, Mm -hmm. who's essentially Max from Tangled. Yeah. Um, And, like... Sleeping Beauty. Horse. That was nice, too. Because, like, princes don't get characterizations up to this point yeah um yes i got it yes um but i like this is the first 
prince that I like. Yeah. Right? Like, I haven't seen Cinderella in a while, but I don't think he has anything to this, do. This one, and uh, I do not mean this as a pun, is charming. Yeah. Actually he's, charming. He's, he's lovely. Like... Screw you with the name. He seems like kind of a sweet guy. He's very much, like, instantly in love. Mm-hmm. He's, like, I don't know, 20 at this point. Yeah. 22. If she's 16. Something like yeah. that. So, I mean, that's a little weird, but that's that's what we got. It's also a nice arc that they they think each other are straight. Like, they both figure out at some point that they're supposed to be betrothed to this unnamed prince or princess. Mm-hmm. And they fall in love in this dance scene. And they say, I've met a stranger and I'm in love with them. Yeah. And there is... So it kind of does a twist on, well, I just love you because you're a prince and that's what I'm supposed to do. It's, right. no, I found you on my own. I'm choosing this. And then it happens to match what the parents want. It just works out really well. (laughs) It's very handy. It's like, no, this is the person I love. Oh. But that little bit of agency as opposed to, and maybe Cinderella is super feminist and I'm forgetting it, but like this idea of, well, I want to marry a prince, right? Like she wants to go to the ball before she's really met the prince, I believe. And Snow White is just like, this is an adult male I've seen. We'll get get into Cinderella at another time. But I, I like the idea that they they meet and they choose each other yeah. as opposed to just having it be an inevitability. Like Ash and Pikachu. Right. All the choosing. Right. Yeah. Pikachu's you. Mm-hmm. Pikachu choo- choose you. Mm-hmm. So um, another way that the Swan Princess and Beauty and the Beast are similar <laughs> is the music. Oh my gosh. Uh, sorry, I've been dropping Beauty and the Beast a lot. I I have forgotten. We literally watched this movie two days ago, and a lot of it has been just wiped from my memory. The, I've so blacked it out. There's an intro song. It it's pretty. It's a pretty long song. It's a pretty long song. Dick, if I if I drop like an accompaniment track, yeah. would you like do some improv of like the song? Yeah. Okay. That didn't work out. It's it's Belle. It's Belle, and it's almost specifically Maurice's theme, that kind of like at the fair vibe. There's a lot of Belle in it too, because those tracks are related. But yeah. But yeah, it's it's straight out of someone listened to a Menken score and thought. I could do this. Yeah. And, this and is then post, just... This is post-Beauty and the Beast. It's post-Beauty and the Beast. By not that long. It is timed exactly correctly for someone <laughs> to have gone into a theater, said, oh shit, this is really good, gone home and just written that. Yeah. Right? And just like directly lifted it. And like even the... the... I don't think that's the intent. I don't think the intent is to steal. I think the intent is to sound like another successful musical yeah. at the time. Yeah, I think I think it's uh it's imitation more than theft. Yes. Um but yeah, even like the 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 lyrics where where um Beauty and the Beast is, you know, here comes that baker with his tray like always. Da 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 This is like here comes that baker with his tray like always. Da 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 da. There's those, but you're being very kind to the text setting in this movie too. I don't too. remember the text. Yeah, it's not great. There's, the, uh, 
technical term we call it scansion scansion uh the text setting is not great like none of these syllables fall in the melodies the way anyone would speak them yeah so there's be a like, lot of really look off. at that baker with the trade like always oh, but yeah. like it was really weird like, yeah, like rhythmic yeah. patterns and phrases Putting that would the cut off sentences. On the wrong syllable yeah it's weird yeah um these songs were not good so um, I will say generally, mm-hmm. yes. The intro song was the point where we looked at each other and we said, I don't think this is very good, but I'm having a lot of fun here. But it's fun. Because the intro song, like the, the hook is like, this, this isn't what I think is fun or this isn't what I consider fun. This isn't my idea. This isn't my fun. idea of fun. Um, as they're growing up and spending summers with each other. And then it comes back, like, when they, like, grow up and they're like, oh, uh, I guess you're sexy now. This is my idea of fun. So they, it's not done super well, but there is thought there of, like, it's, you know, it's a musical theater thing where you repeat it and then you change it a little bit, twist a little bit, and then it means something else. That's nice. Let's talk a little bit about Far Longer Than Forever. Da, 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 da. Uh-huh. Da, 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 da. Yeah. The critics said that at the time, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like the song isn't Beauty and the Beast, but it wants it's a lot you of to those, think da, about. Da, 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 da. Yeah, it's like yeah. step and skip that kind of downward. Yeah. yeah. And you can't, again, this is like not long. No. This isn't like 30 years later where it's like, okay, you know what? We We've can just run this. out of melodies. Yeah. No. It's just straight out the Beauty and the Beast. Lifted. It's so weird. So there's that. It's really jarring in this movie. That that is the best song, even if it lifts from I feel like it's the song that I'm the the, Bell song or the Beauty and the Beast song. No, the Far Longer Than Forever. Interesting. That's the one they put out as like the pop signal. My my favorite was the Bell song. Yeah. That's the best musical theater. Yeah. The Far Longer Than Forever, I can see if I was a kid, like, I'd sing that, I'd listen to mm. that. Like, I might be like, oh yeah, well, it sounds like Beauty and the Beast. That's how songs sound. That's how like, songs are. Come on. Um, there are three bands. Their names are Beauty and the Beast, Pocahontas, and Aladdin. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> like, what you just said hit deeper than you might even even known. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> what... What is interesting, though, is even though these songs are... So, besides those two songs, there are, like, maybe six more songs. There, there are a lot of songs there. In are there are more songs than there need to be. And some of them are, like, most of them are fine. Most of them are good ideas. I would love to hear the Mencken-Ashman version of that, like, um, the musicians are dressed up as animals so we can practice hunting them. Yeah. Like, Howard Ashman would have written a great lyric oh to that. Oh, my God. He would have been hilarious. But the song was just dumb. Yeah. But what does, like, kind of, like, warp my brain and trick me is that they got the same caliber singing talent as Disney movies. Yeah. Was, Liz Calloway. Well, Liz Calloway is the same. Uh, she was Anastasia, right? She's Anastasia, and she's Jasmine in the sequels. Oh, I didn't I th- know or that. Or at least in the Return of Jafar, That's she's a, singing Jasmine. Yeah, and Liz Calloway is like Broadway. She's Broadway. Yeah, yeah she's Anastasia. She's um. Oh, also Lion King too. Oh, well, it's too bad I'll never hear her in it. Uh, 
No, I, I didn't. And she's a dancing napkin ring in Beauty and the Beast. So there you go. Sure. Um, she's she has a delightful voice, and it sounds obviously like all the musical theater that yeah. we grew up with. So when you hear her sing, it's like, oh, this is a good song. No, it's not a good song, but she's singing the crap out of it. So yeah. I'm tricked. Similarly with Prince Derek, who's played, do you have the name up? He's um, played by the the longest running Phantom. He sounded so amazing. That is Chamberlain, ha- not Prince Derek. Howard something? Uh, Davis Gaines. Oh, maybe I was looking on the wrong Wikipedia. Um, Howard McGillen. Oh. Yeah, Howard McGillen. Sorry. Howard McGillen is the longest running Phantom in Phantom of the Opera. There we go. Davis Gaines, who is the singing voice of Chamberlain, uh, has performed as the Phantom in Phantom of the Opera more than 2,000 times. Oh. Who's Chamberlain? I don't know, but there are two. Is he like that little mermaid there are manservant? two Phantom of the Opera mainstays so someone knew someone who worked for phantom of the opera yeah right yeah so you've got you've got those you've got um david zippel who is not super known as a performer but he's a songwriter or sorry lyricist Mm -hmm. as well as a director producer he did lyrics for um, hercules and mulan yeah yeah so yeah, you've there's got all this singing talent. Yeah, and then there's well, and then like the composer sings for Rothbard, <sighs> and he's not a good singer. It's not great. A lot of composers aren't. That's fine. Yeah, that's but okay. why would you step in? To, he just really liked the jazzy song that he wrote for the villain, so yeah. he's like, I'm gonna sing this. Or maybe Jack Palance, was and just it's like, not good. I'm not singing that. It's it's dumb. Yeah, it's like not even fun villain jazz, like. If it was campy, I'd be like, okay, but it's just kind of weird. Like, I think he thinks it's be prepared, and it's certainly not. Um, it is a no. Way and then it like prepared. he sings a line of it later as he's about to like curse the whole kingdom, and it's meant to be this like, like spooky, like oh, this is a great way to bring this line oh, back. You but know it what just, it is? It just makes you laugh out loud, and it it's, does the opposite of what it's supposed to. It's friends on the other side, but bad. Yeah. 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 100%. Yeah. Because it's even got that reprise where you're like, Yeah, and it works great. in friends on the other side because it's good. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's spooky, right? Like, it's fun and jazzy, but it's spooky. The villain song here is just goopy. Yeah. He's like, he's talking about, he's basically like setting out his climaxing plan of like, his like old woman, like Goonie is going to transform into an Odette lookalike so that she'll print, she'll trick Prince Derek into giving a vow to her. Um, It's the end of Little Mermaid. It's the end of Little Mermaid, but Ursula doesn't need a song about it. She just does it. She just goes out and does it. Yeah. She's a girl boss. Yes, yes. Don't Ursula's let's not let's slay. not All right. let's not taint Ursula with the term girl boss. <laughs> Ursula's awesome. I don't no, want Ursula, that language around Ursula her. Ursula kicks ass. Yeah. Uh, okay. So so, but interestingly, Swan Lake does not use any Tchaikovsky music. The, the Swan Princess. The Swan Princess does not use does not use Swan Lake music. Okay. So many swans. It uses something. It does not. It uses something. It uses some classical music. But it's not from 
I cannot get a confirmation on the internet that any Tchaikovsky music is used in The Swan Princess. That's insane. There is a sequence, yeah, where they're like try, like doing the moat and the alligators. Yeah, and, you know the one I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm like, I know I've heard it's this It's kind of before. like the use of um, the can-can in Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like this popular piece, but they like synth it up. There's a there there are some 80s leftovers in this score that are really weird. Yeah. Um they didn't they they learned weird lessons from Disney. It's, it's lovely. Very interesting. But now the the other uh, mm-hmm. movie that we watched Sleeping Beauty has exclusively Tchaikovsky music in it. And not much of it with lyrics. No. Not a ton of it. There's some of it. The intro has lyrics. Mm-hmm. It's like a fanfare type thing. It's a fanfare thing. Obviously, um, Once Upon a Dream mm-hmm. has lyrics. Mm-hmm. What else? Mm-hmm. There's another song or two in there somewhere, right? Do the fairies sing a song? Um, I'm looking at the track listing and I don't... Does the king sing a song? Are there two songs in this whole movie? I think you're thinking of Pippin. <laughs> I might be thinking. I'm, all, I'm da, 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 often da, 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 thinking da, da, of Pippin. Da, da, I love da, da, Pippin. Oh, no, there's Scumps, the drinking song. Scumps! Yeah, the yeah. king does sing a song. Yeah, he does. You're right. Yeah, Scumps. That's scumps is like, one. what, like Cheers, kind of? I guess. Or not, I don't know. That was... You're like, what is he saying, Scumps? I'm like, yeah, Scumps. <laughs> what else would he, why would you not say Scumps? So I assume that a lot of this is Tchaikovsky. I thought all of it was, and now I'm not 100% sure. It seems but like it, it, they definitely did use Tchaikovsky. We'll give you some research when we release this episode. Kate will give you some research. Yeah, I will. I will not. Um, so they use some Tchaikovsky and very little, like for Disney, who I feel like in my mind, I think of a Disney movie, I think of a musical this has uh, a couple of sung songs. Yeah. But it's, and it's more for, like, Once Upon a Dream works really well. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you need a song anywhere else. And no. that's it. And I like that judicious use of, well, we're not trying to write a musical, so let's not cram it in where yeah. it doesn't belong. And I love, I love a good villain song. Mm-hmm. But I also kind of love that Maleficent is not. She does not have one. She is not going to bother with the foolishness of singing yeah but hers would be awesome hers would be awesome it'd be so good but i just i kind of like that the the idea that like probably not consciously right because i don't think villain songs were super a thing yet yeah but she's just like it's just like no i don't i'm not singing i'm not even acknowledging and i'm killing you for even suggesting it yeah um so i'm i'm reading that they did hire someone to create a score based on Tchaikovsky. Based on Tchaikovsky. Um, I do, th- I mean, Once Upon a Dream is definitely Tchaikovsky. Yeah. Um, and I imagine there are a couple others, but they had originally hired composers to just write a new score. And then when they decided that it was going to be more based on Tchaikovsky, those composers were let go and they hired someone who could kind of do a an Alan Menken doing a Carnival of the Animals type of situation. Which kind of feels Walt appropriate. Because yeah. he's like... He's the classical music buff, so... 
And he's also the. He's also really. We don't want to pay at, for as much as we could, and really we'll just steal things instead. People. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so the music in this in Sleeping Beauty, one song I can remember. Nothing else I can super remember. But the score is really nice. The score is gorgeous. It's very supportive. It's yeah. very because it is classically based. It's very epic. So mm-hmm. like those battle scenes are really oh they're amazing. Well done. Like it. it yeah. Yeah, nice. it just it fills the background beautifully, mm-hmm. just like the backgrounds in this movie. Yeah, I could not stop talking about how good the backgrounds are in Sleeping Beauty. They're they're so unique. Yeah, even for Disney, like you've got the you've got the planning. They do mm-hmm. a lot of planning in this movie. Yeah, they're really excited about it. Yeah, but yeah, the backgrounds are I wouldn't call it photorealistic. But no. I would certainly call it more realistic, especially in contrast to their character designs. Interesting. Which, like, the character designs are basically the 1959 version of Snow White, right? Yeah. Like, there's not a ton of um, evolution there, but yeah. the backgrounds are just, like, like a little bit, maybe surreal is yeah, the word? Yeah, that's, that's where I would put yeah. them. Because they're a little bit flat. There's a different level like, of detail. They've... They've taken the the three dimensional background and mm-hmm. flattened it a little bit, mm-hmm. and that's really neat to look at. Like it almost, it almost looks like they're like, um, like instead of a rock in the background, it almost looks like it's a cardboard cut out of a rock, like a like like stage. Yeah, set. it almost yeah. looks like a. Oh yeah. I wonder if that's intentional. And it's it's very detailed and very nice looking. That's what I was gonna say. That it looks flat, but I feel like there's more like nooks and crannies in the trees yeah. that I'm used to seeing in a Disney movie, um, which is neat. I liked it a yeah. lot. Like, uh, you, you were telling me that the, or you were saying that the budget was, was lower on this, and this is where Disney was cutting some corners, but I wonder if that's a spot where they didn't, or maybe that's before they... Well, but those are also very still pieces, so you just have to draw them reusable. once. Yeah. 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 But yeah, the, uh absolutely gorgeous artwork i uh, i know this was 1959 but the budget on this movie was six million i'm gonna look up the movie before it for reference uh and for comparison by the way swan princess budget was 21 million and what did it make in the box office dick uh nine, nine million. million it nine came point, out 9.8 million it did not come out directly against The Lion King, but it came out like one of the re-releases that same year of The Lion King because yeah. Disney knew what it, ha- what it had. And so like every four months for a year, it was like, here's The Lion King again. Back in theaters. Yeah. Um, so it did not do well in theater. It did not do well. The 1950 film is Cinderella. I'm just going to go with Cinderella because that's We're close-ish. We're just going to talk about Cinderella today. No, I'm just looking for budget. Oh no, Cinderella was less. So no. maybe six million is a good budget. I don't know. Like six million is a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, Mallrats had a budget of six million. Hmm. That's a thing I know. Let's talk about Mallrats. No, no, that's not. Yeah, I so, really liked that movie when it came out. It uh-huh. really resonated with me. I don't think I should watch it again. I think I want because I was a teenage boy, and I feel like I don't want to ruin my memories by being like, oh. Yeah. Oh, being a teenage boy meant that I was dumb. Apologies to any teenage boys listening. Aww. But also, you'll get smarter. You'll get Don't smarter. Worry. It's okay. Don't worry. 
Um, Dick, you mentioned Maleficent and how she's like too cool for a song. Oh my god. Uh, we've also mentioned Ursula right now. Yeah. We've mentioned Rothbart because we had to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you want to talk a little bit more about Maleficent in like the grander tradition of Disney villains? Here's- like, how would you? Rank her or like oh, what is her one. position? She is. She is number one, isn't she? Is she is the number one ranked villain. Um, like that's, that's not a personal. No, that's not a personal. So rank. That's, as... that's canon. Mm-hmm. Like uh, at the Disney parade, she's the cool giant fire breathing dragon that sometimes melts itself. Uh, when they do like villains <laughs> nights, Maleficent is the last one out, and she's the boss of all the villains. She's at like the top of all the villains t-shirt and merch. Mm-hmm. In Descendants, she's like the head of the villains. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's Disney canon. Maleficent is the villain. And also in the movie, she does say that she is the devil. Interesting. Yeah, so, she's got horns. Like the only other actual Satan I know from Disney is Chernabog. From Fantasia, who mm-hmm. I had a T-shirt of when I was a kid, uh, he's also the devil. I think you can make a case for Oogie Boogie. He's a demon. Is right? he Disney? Yeah. Like now he is, right? Well, he was then. He it was, was then. distributed. He's a demon, but he's not the devil. No, he's not the devil. Okay, great. Yeah, she's. The devil. I'm just thinking of like people with connections to. Yeah. Oh, Hades. I mean, Hades isn't the devil. Hades is the the Greek equivalent to the devil. I mean, James Woods. Yeah. Hades. Done. James Woods, king of the Disney villains. (laughs) Put him on the merch. (laughs) Is Kevin Spacey in a Disney movie? (laughs) Yes. Oh. He is the villain of Bugs Life. Put him at the top of the shirts, guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good thing they weren't good gonna, characters, gonna right? Get my Kevin like Kevin Spacey, James Woods good, shirts. Ooh, boy. Um, yeah. So Maleficent is is at the top of the villain food chain. So what do you think? Like, what does that rubric look like? Like, what are the metrics that put her there? Do you, in your estimation? Well, uh, let me tell you. One, it, she may be the literal devil. Sure. Uh, based on the text of this film. Two. She is unflappably badass. Like, the only time we see her not be in complete control is when she is in, like, raged-out dragon form. Mm -hmm. And that's only because fairies use a magic sword to murder her. She, like, she just walks into a throne room. King's like, oh, no, what, what, uh, are, are we cool? And she's like, no, we're not cool. I curse your baby. Bye. Like, turns around. Like, she's wearing this, like, amazing cape the whole time. So she's got the style. Yeah. She's got the look. Mm-hmm. And she's she's got the attitude. I don't know. I, I can't think of a cooler villain. And it's interesting because a lot of, like, what you associate with Disney villains after this, she lines up with. And so it's almost like she becomes the pattern. She's the prototype. She's because you have... Like Snow White's queen before this. Evil you, queen. You have the evil queen. You have a number of stepmothers and like. Yeah, you've got like Wicked Stepmother. You've got. You've got Captain Hook, I guess. Timothy the Mouse. Uh, you've got. But this is the first uh, one like. Pin- Pinocchio's got. Uh, 
Gasparilla. Pinocchio's got a couple. I'm kind of lost on. I need to see Pinocchio but again. I'm not, kind of. There's not like one villain. I feel like there's not like a villain villain. Yeah. And then Maleficent is just like, whoa. Well, and certainly when when we list all of those out and they're all kind of different archetypes, Maleficent is certainly in the same. If we're talking about like Disney family, right? Like. Yeah. What what does a Disney princess look like? Well, from Ariel on, they have that face, even if it's CGI, right? Yeah. Like, Elsa is clearly in the same universe as Ariel. They have the same face. Maleficent is clearly in the same universe as Ursula, yeah. as Scar, as yeah. Jafar. Like, they're more angular. She, she looks a lot like, like it, it, Jafar and Maleficent. Mm-hmm. I see... A lot of similarity. Cousins, yeah. In like their their just proportions mm-hmm. in their facial length. Frollo is Frollo. A similar. Yep. Yeah. And and like you said, Scar. Scar is thinner, yeah. angular. Um, Ursula is the exception, but she's still angular. She's angular. Her face, her spiking hair, and she yeah. has the big flowy tentacles instead mm. of a big flowy cape. Yeah. And she has that theatricality, mm-hmm. and I think that's. Yeah. That's something that comes into uh, Disney villains, and it it does uh, also cause a lot of Disney villains to read as gay. Queer coding. Um, Intentionally or not intentionally, but it seems like maybe intentionally. Um, But it's like that theatricality is what really defines a good Disney villain. Mm -hmm. And, oh man, she has it. Yeah. She... I don't I don't use this word often. She's fierce. She, but she is yeah, in yeah, like she is. the most real definition of mm-hmm. that word. She mm-hmm. Jesus. I think this might I mean and this is her like whole character, but this is something that visually people talk about afterwards. I think she might be the first maybe evil queen has some to use this like dead neon green mm. kind of color scheme for like flame and glow and her orb is that color it's that same color that scar you know slinks out of in be prepared it's the same color that like um that ursula uses when she activates the magic spell right this Mm -hmm. like neon green that jokingly gets you know kind of the same way i mean Queer coding is not a joke, but like that right. that's real. But it, it's kind of like, oh yeah, Disney villain is going to be coded queer. It's going to have a shiny green thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, like these are the these are the things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like that that what you said about theatricality. I think that is for me what rings the most true with like her being the prototype for everything that comes after and all the really awesome villains that come after. So let's talk about Rothbart. So yeah, where does he fit in with this against this metric? I don't understand Rothbart. And neither did they. I, neither did the creators of this movie. Roth, Rothbart, here's the thing. I really want to like Rothbart. Yeah. I like the idea of him. Mm-hmm. But and and again, I didn't hate the Swan Princess. There are a lot of problems with it. There are some high points, mainly in the musical performances. Um, Rothbart, he's a problem because his character design, he's supposed to be like an evil sorcerer, Mm -hmm. but his character design 
makes him look like he's a clumsy knight. He looks like a like Care Bear villain. Yeah. 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 I mean, this whole thing looks Saturday morning cartoon. I thought it was going to be better animated. It was not. Same. Um, but he, so he looks like he should be clumsy and bumbling. Mm-hmm. And he's not. But he sometimes is. But not like for comedic purposes. He very clearly didn't have, or at least didn't have a good one, a character supervisor. Yeah. Because I feel like he morphs throughout the movie in like he's like four different characters. He's, he's sometimes the scary thing that can turn into this like weird dragon bat. This like demon bat, yeah. He looks like man bat. Yeah. And then sometimes he's this bumbling like he asks Odette to marry him every night. Yeah, why? And it seems like more of a formality. Like, why not just kill her and take over the throne? But it it's also so... seems like maybe part of him, because he, he says, and you're kind of made to believe, at least in the scene that he says it, that it's in earnest, that we will rule the kingdom together, you and I. Like, maybe he just wants companionship. But then the next scene, he's like back to this weird, like cartoony evil. It's like every scene is different, so I can't get a grasp on what he is, even if it's not the strongest interpretation. I felt yeah. like they molded him to whatever they needed to be in each scene. Also, let me let me throw this out there. <clears throat> One, what do you think the relationship is between him and the weird woman that cackles behind him? I don't know. Is that his mom? Is no. Is that his sister? I, Are they friends? Is she like his servant? I think she's like his, yeah, his lackey. Okay. So she mm-hmm. is uh, completely devoted to him. She has at least as much personality as Odette does. Or Odette. Odette. Um, and we have seen... That, like, he obviously doesn't care about Odette's personality. He's mm-hmm. after her for her power and, I yeah. guess, her looks and youth. Yeah. We've seen that he can transform this woman who is devoted to him into a copy of Odette that will completely fool everyone. If all he needs to do is marry Odette, why doesn't he just marry this this woman disguised as Odette? So, it could, in um in the ballet, it is his sister... That he okay. disguises as Odette in the scene. It's not magic. I think it's just makeup <laughs> in the... I mean, I don't know Simpler how the ballet times. presents it, but um, I don't think he's as much of a... Well, I guess he turns her into a swan. She, he, has, he has to have magic. It's anyway, it is his sister, and her name is Odile, as opposed to Odette. Um, it is not established in this movie. But it also seems like he's maybe not as good at... Like, she seems to transform back pretty quickly, right? Like, it's, her face shows back up, even though she has, like, the blonde, flowy hair. It's, like, only when she gets punched or something. I don't know. <laughs> Look, the whole thing is, is very confusing. But Rothbart... Yeah, I don't know why he can't just, even solo, take over the kingdom. Like, he killed the king. Yeah. Just kill a few more royal people. Well, he said that he... Is there a curse? Is that... He, he No, he has an answer, which is, um, if you steal something, you spend the rest of your life... Making sure it doesn't get stolen back. Uh-huh. But if you take something, like, rightfully, Quote then it's yours. It. Yeah. So the idea being, if he marries Odette and uh-huh. takes the kingdom legitimately, people are just going to be like, well, 
you're the king now. Yeah. But if he is like to take over the kingdom by force, then someone would take it's it. It's far too high minded for the movie that it's in. It, I missed it. It really is. And it's a really interesting it's a really interesting moment. Uh and I'm really overthinking it because I've been uh learning a lot today about manufacturing consent and the way gnome uh yeah i've been been reading to reading slash watching some noam chomsky and uh learning about the ways that um a government uh, or a ruling class will use a media to make a people think what they want and that's kind of what rothbard's saying he's like well if i do it legitimately everyone will say it's fine Mm -hmm. so that's a weird it's like a throwaway line in this movie, but it's the most interesting line in this movie. It's this it's so uneven, right? Like there's some really interesting and unique care put into small parts of plot. Yeah. Not overarching plot. No. But just like little motivations where like, oh, this is why he has to marry Odette. Like, oh, that's I guess nice. But then you have these like Frog and Turtle and Puffin characters. Oh my god, I forgot. Who are just garbage. They don't need to be there. They don't serve any purpose. And also, they like kind of mess things up for Odette. You're like, hey, uh, this movie not only does it have Broadway caliber singers, two of whom have been the Phantom thousands of times, uh, if you were to tell me that, and John Cleese. And Stephen Wright. Yeah. And I'm like, well, John Cleese always performs. And Stephen Wright has a hilarious delivery mm-hmm. that will be used very well. I would say Stephen Wright works better than John Cleese. I think that's true. Because they have John Cleese do a French accent and it doesn't go so well for Why? him. Why? It's, they're going for, and this, like... They're not outright stealing this because this movie came out like six months before. They're going for a Timon and Pumbaa thing, but they didn't define either character well enough. I mean, yeah, they're doing, well, they're doing a Lumiere and Cogsworth yeah. thing. They're doing yeah. a buddy thing. Yeah. Where the two buddies are. There's one like fast talking one and there's one that seems Slow slower, but it's probably the smarter one. They call me speedy. Yeah. I think it's just speed. Fine. And that's in that song that they do, the. One with the weird synth and drum stuff. What? They they do a song where they're trying to steal that map because reasons. That's a song. They do a song there. Yeah, it's a song. It. It's the like no fear. <laughs> it's like this like Broadway yes. patter song, and then they yes. like no fear. Ba-da-now. Like yeah, this weird synth riff and like, just like it's artificial just... drums. Yeah, it's and, weird. And the synthrith and artificial drones are just for the chorus, just for, and then they're gone. They're just for the words, no fear. And then it's like, now I'm in a Pippin mode. But You're just doing Pippin. But the turtle has some, like, it's not executed well. But so, like, the frog is singing something, and the puffin, and Odette, or whatever. And then the turtle will be like, 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 a long way down, or something like that. And they got it. It sounds just like he's not singing. Yeah. He's just sounding like Stephen Wright. He is credited with a singing voice. Like a different yeah. actor is the singing voice of the turtle. But he's not who, 
singing. He's not singing. Which makes me wonder, I you know what? I would be curious to know, was this initially like did they add in oh, music? Was, that's interesting. Because, like, or like adding in this song even. Because like some of these are like Broadway talents and then yeah. some of them are uh we need someone to do the voice of Stephen Wright for this song. Yeah. He's not singing. He already recorded all of we his parts two months to ago. Do a ridiculous French accent that John Cleese is doing. John Cleese could sing that. Yeah, he definitely could. And he's basically just talking or like speaks singing. That song is garbage. Yeah. Uh, and that's like, that's Adam Zippel. And that's... David Zippel? Sorry, David Zippel. And Jonathan Hattery... Uh, who uh, is this a guy? Oh. Look, the music in this is not strong. The music is not strong. And it seems like some of it was just added later. Yeah. It's very weird. Because, yeah, there are more songs than there need to be. Like, it's not for musical theater purposes. No, there's a, yeah, there's a it's whole. It's just like, kids like singing. We'll do more of that now. Because uh, what is the Mencken reason to sing? Ashman reason Sorry, to sing Ashman is reason to sing. when there's when you're feeling too many emotions and words are not enough, you break into song. Which is, mm, it's beautiful. And sometimes this movie attempts to do that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always succeed because it's not earned. Like the, the princess's song where she's like, oh, I love you, Prince Derek. And it's like, wait, didn't you just not Far marry him? Far longer than forever. Um, but... Then there's like the song, which I think is supposed to be like the Be Our Guest, which is during a training montage. It's supposed to be like the fun, goofy song. Yeah. It comes out of nowhere. And that scene is okay. Like it's a a weird, it comes out of nowhere and it doesn't go anywhere. But like the scene itself is fun. That scene had my one laugh Uh of this movie. And I think your one laugh of this movie. The so there's a band of musicians and the two the prince and his friend need to practice hunting for the great beast they, for the great animal sorry the, yeah they couldn't the use great, the word beast the great animal that was my thing is like they're one word away from having a cease and desist come from Disney with all of these songs they're lifting they cannot use the word beast yeah they need to hunt the great animal because the great animal has Odette. According to the king's dying, so words. they're doing like kind of like a paintball, pick, uh, bow and arrow yeah. kind of thing, and they have all the the castle's musicians dress up as animals, like elephants and wolves and rabbit, and um, got to practice hunting rabbits if you're going to hunt a great animal. I guess I don't. Anyway, so it's all of these humans running around in animal costumes, and there's one who is a duck, yeah, and so he pops his head up. So someone yells duck. Uh Uh-huh. That duck pops his head up and he gets shot. What? And then later in the song, it happens again. Duck. What now? Yeah. The the second time it happens, legitimately very funny. It sounds dumb and it is. But yeah, it it got a laugh out of me. It was was well executed. Yeah. That's the joke. That's, I, yeah, I... All other laughs in this movie were at the movie. <laughs> I will. I, I guess I'll save my summative comments for our last yeah. segment. Speaking of segments. Oh, yeah. Well, what? 
are we are we ready for oh is it time i think it might be time oh man did we have anything else we want to talk about no i guess we didn't i think we got it hmm. okay it's time hmm. sorry if you haven't seen abominable that's or just going to be every episode or now heard the abominable episode we do that uh to each other all the time all of the time yep and then we sing Coldplay. Go ahead, Kate. Dick, this is the final cut. Whoa. What's that? It's a series of segments that mean we're <laughs> trying to wrap up the episode, but probably won't for a while. That's true. If you're going to shout a series out... Of, series of segments intended to be quick answers that go on forever. If you're going to shout out a scene, Dick, from the Swan Princess. We're already there. What are you going to... Oh, see, you wasted yours just... I know. Now. <laughs> I always said just now. Okay, I'll. I can figure this out. Okay, go ahead. Finish asking the question. Buy me some time. Go. Ah. <laughs> One scene that you think is just a scene that you want to give an extra thumbs up to. Yeah, that duck might be it, right? Okay, what do you got? I was waiting for you to do one first. Okay, I'm gonna give my extra. Th- Look. I, I said it before, I'll say it again. The beginning song is a, it's like a structural mm, and mm-hmm. almost note for note at times rip off of Bell. But, and it goes on for like 12 minutes too long, but it's fun. It's like dumb and fun, and I wish the rest of the movie followed that same dumb fun. Yeah. Um, specifically when the, Two leads sing, this isn't my idea of fun. Mm -hmm. They like kind of talk over each other, which is interesting because they are in a uh, competitive, like combative relationship. So singing over each other uh, is kind of like talking over each other. It's kind of like arguing. So it kind of like in the setting in like the text setting of that song Mm -hmm. it establishes a little bit of relationship and i think this is the one song that they really put work into i think this is the one song that yeah like got a second draft yeah i mean i i I can see it like i i don't think this composer had done a lot before um so you know, I've I've written some music in my time. You've written some music. Your first effort is not as good as your 10th effort, oh. is not as good as your 30th effort. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this is a composer kind of at the beginning, kind of trying to find his footing and just being like, look, I am putting everything into this song. This is going to be great. And mm-hmm. it's fine. But I can see the effort. Yeah. I can see, I can feel the effort that has gone into this. And for me, that's my scene shout out. Mm-hmm. I can tell they tried. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, what do you got? After Kate? that, that was what I was going to do. After that, I guess that animal hunting scene is the closest it's to fun. like fun. Yeah. Um, but I guess I'll just, I mean, this is, this is a backhanded compliment. Um, this is the only kind you can really give this movie. Yeah. So the moments where like Liz Calloway just gets to rip, like in oh, that far longer uh, than forever, she sounds great. She sounds amazing. And for a second, I forget I'm in this movie. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, like a new prince, right? Like, yeah. 
you were saying like my favorite bands were Pocahontas and Lion King, but like, uh-huh. right? My favorite genre of music is princess songs. Yeah. Right? Animated princess songs. I'm aware. I'm like, oh, this is an animated princess song I haven't heard. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, well, it's not very good. Yeah. But Liz Calloway's voice she sounds tricks amazing. me into like just the specific timbre she uses and the way that you can tell that she is really working hard to interpret this song in a real way, in an earnest way, when, like, it doesn't seem like anyone else tried that hard. <laughs> like, go Liz Calloway. But also, yeah. it's, like, that moment where, like, oh, this could have been, this could have been really good. Like, had Disney or Pixar got a hold of it, um, Swan Lake, and which, which bears to mention that there is an anime Swan Lake. Mm-hmm. That does use Tchaikovsky music. Nice. Um, it doesn't look great. It doesn't look great, but it's worth mentioning because the Disney Channel got some rights to it and aired it in 1994 on nice. the Disney Channel. Almost definitely to be like, hey, look, we got this. You we've, don't need to see the Spawn Princess. Swan Lake. Screw you. Yeah, that's what Toei Animation and some Soviet animation yeah. company. It's weird. Yeah. Um, Kate, do you have a scene shout out? For the other movie, the 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 Sleeping Beauty or Horse. Sleeping Beauty, the Sleeping Beauty. Horse. I do, yeah. but I'm gonna take yours. Go for it. Okay, um, so I didn't remember the three fairies very well at all, and they're my favorites. Yeah. Like they're some of my favorite Disney characters, maybe of all time. I also now. surprisingly, this movie just rips through the Bechdel test. It passes yeah. flying colors. Well, and this movie, like, is not about its romantic leads. No. That's what maybe drives the plot, but in terms of screen time, screen those time, three fairies the get three the most, fairies. and then the two kings after that. Yeah. Like, it's nuts. It's yeah. like, this is a movie for old people, like, the old characters. I mean, get it's the... like, it's Romeo and Juliet if you cut some of the Romeo if you and Juliet keep, If scenes. you highlight the good parts of Romeo yeah, and Juliet. Yeah, you highlight the best parts of Romeo and Juliet. So they have a the scene where the, the three fairies are preparing for her 16th birthday, but they've mm. taken a vow to not use magic these 16 years to uh-huh. not draw attention to themselves. Because they don't want, they're in hiding. They don't want Maleficent In the to middle of the forest. Are. So they are trying to both make a dress for yeah. her and make a cake for her without using magic. And it is the most adorable and hilarious. Like, it was they're like so bad. At it. It's it. They're so bad at it, and they're so earnest. Like you think, like oh well, they're fairies. Like they'll figure it out anyway. But she's trying to make a, a Flora or Fauna is trying to make a dress and using Meriwether as the model, and she's just like pinching up and down and like cutting a hole in the fabric. She's like, oh well, that will be the bottom. Like. And it just ends up looking like this, like giant puffy pink whale of a monstrosity. And the arms like immediately fall. The off. arms immediately. Meriwether is like, I don't think this is gonna work. She's like, pish pish. Like also, Meriwether is not the same proportions as no. Sleeping Beauty. As, she has to uh, stand Aurora. on a stool, and, and that's like yeah. one of the jokes. It's like, well, it will look better on her because she's not a, <laughs> <laughs> she's not a puffy. Anyway. And then the other one, either Flora or Fauna, is making a cake oh. and like getting all the ingredients together and yeah. putting the eggshells into the batter and like, f- you're like, oh, it says fold in the eggs. Well, I'll just <laughs> fold the dough over the eggs. She just puts crack, two crack. full eggs in there. Yeah. 
Shells and then eventually all. they decide to use magic. They're like, "Oh, it's gonna be fine," and it's not. It's not fine. Oh wait, when she when she, I'm sorry. Yes, no. This is when she, where I was going. She stacks the cake like sixteen layers oh. high. She's like, "I think it'll stand better once it's baked." No, but I was gonna. What? what yes. Once love, it's baked. I, love I like that too. It's like, oh, you were going to put 16 layers of cake in the oven at once. Great. Also, I don't think they ever bake it. My favorite is she's like, when they decide to like, screw it, use magic, she just sets the recipe book up. She's like, <laughs> hey, ingredients, come over here. Look at what you're supposed to do. And it's this like bag of flour and eggs, and the, ba- the bag of flour is like nodding, like, okay, I see the. Bag of okay, let's go. reading the recipe. It's. Great. And like it doesn't have eyes. It's the Disney thing of making these inanimate objects have so much personality. It's so good. That scene was I I, like I want to watch it again. That is that is absolutely my favorite scene in the movie. Yes. So nicely done. Mm. Um I guess my my scene shout out will be for Scrump. (laughs) Scrump. Scrump. It's the episode of Scamped. Scrumped? Scrumped. Whatever whatever the song is called where the where the two kings are toasting each other and um they're scumps. Scumps. So the two kings are like toasting each other and th- they're having some some wine or meat or port or whatever. And there's this servant there who keeps like sneaking tastes of the wine and like the kings will spill it and he like sticks his like uh loot under to catch the spill or liar or whatever uh-huh. he's got. and like this servant like from the beginning of this scene to the end of the scene goes from like very sober and stately to passed out on the floor drunk. drunk it's great it's a really really fun bit and these two kings are really funny together like it's a it's just that this this whole sequence and is he's very like on the way to being passed out he's like yeah. still following orders and still like kind of like playing it off like well this is fine yeah, like totally fine here huh? dude, totally fine i'm bringing you the thing it's fine and the kings don't notice which is great too they don't notice and he is blitzed yeah it's great yeah uh m- more drunkenness in disney movies yeah please. this it's movie great. is so funny yeah if you haven't seen sleeping beauty in a while like it's surprising yeah how well it holds up yeah Okay, what's our next? What's our next little, uh, little final it would cut be segment? MVP, Ooh. where we choose a most valuable player part, primate, pivotal. Do you want to start primate, this? Most pig. valuable Pippin. Some pig. Do you want to start this? Or sure. Should I? Um, I mean, can I? Wait, can I start it? Just in case. Okay. Liz Calloway. Hey, that's a good. That's a second. A good chance. Uh, Liz Calloway did not. I don't think get an MVP in Anastasia. Uh, so I'm gonna give her one now. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I've never heard her be bad. I don't know a lot of her Broadway works. I know she did Baby, uh, which is a show I don't really. That is m- more than I know about her Broadway. It's work. a show I don't really know about, but I know the finale. Okay. Of, uh, it's called The Story Goes On, and it's great uh so i guess at some oh point is I'll that why her show. twitter name is liz goes on yes it is i just thought that was weird but oh, now i nope. understand it yeah it's great um it's a great song she she rocks it and i think that's the song that, that's the role that really really spiraled oh, her forward she's also the original ellen in miss saigon oh great the other one who sings that that duet 
Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I so still she's tremendous. Uh, and um, if you want to see her, well, mm. I mean, I'll tell mm-hmm. the story, but yeah, she, yeah. she tells a funny story on Seth Rudetsky's. What, what is that called? Video series. Yeah, Seth Rudetsky. Seth Rudetsky being video series talking to Broadway catty people. with Broadway people. Look up. That's what it's called. <laughs> I mean, search Seth Rudetsky, Liz Calloway. Yeah. But she tells this story about um, talking to um, Meg Ryan at the Anastasia premiere and be like, I'm the one who did your singing voice. And Meg Ryan just blowing her off. Meg Ryan be like, uh, I told people I told that I don't mean on singing. Please don't talk to me again. <laughs> like, please don't. It's I think like, it's, it's it obsessed. Obsessed. Yeah. yeah. Obsessed. Um, she tells the story beautifully. Also, you can hear her sing. Uh, mm-hmm. The story goes on, which is gorgeous. Hmm. So Liz Calloway. Yep. Kate. Great. You got an MVP? Well, I'm going to give my M to Flora, <laughs> my V to Fada, and my P to Merriweather. Fair. Those three fairies, man, they're so fun. Yeah. I love them so much. Like, like the scene I described is just, it's not all that they do, which is fantastic. Like, there's the pink and blue argument that goes on the whole movie. Yep. That's a great running gag. Like, Even that like that little bit at the beginning where they're like, they shrink themselves to like get into teapots yeah. to have an argument or whatever. Yeah. And then they like give up their powers and there's one that's, but like, they're just so fun. And each, like you said, there's kind of two personalities, right? Flora, there's like Merryweather and, and the other ones. Flora and Fauna are kind of similar. They, they're, there's one who's the boss. Yeah. One is the boss. But I can't remember who it is. I can't remember the names because yeah. Flora and Fauna are pretty similar names. Yeah. Those are also the names of twins that Gomez Adams used to date. Okay. That's a, okay, great. You're welcome. But anyway, like you said, like Bechdel passing. Yeah. They are not like, I feel like they are not used as like, oh, these old matronly spinsters, which is kind of, it's their character design, but it doesn't matter because they're spunky and they have these ideas and they're like, they're so great. I mean, and they're, they're, um, I will say, uh, I feel like Terry Pratchett b- borrowed from that, um, that sort of trio mm-hmm. when he wrote his Weird Sisters books, because those are three witches and there's like, there's like a, yeah. a young one, a, a dumb one and an old mean one. Sure. Um, which is kind of also Hocus Pocus. Yeah. Which is. Also Macbeth. Well, not really Macbeth, but there are three witches. <laughs> there are three. Um, They're all just terrifying. So, like, I don't know if this is the first instance of this archetype, mm-hmm. but I definitely see its influence resonate throughout culture. Yeah. And it's a smart thing to do because the original, the original fairy tale has seven fairies, but I don't know how much they're used three, throughout. There's it's so like many. seven fairies come to gift princess aurora with something yeah um and then the ballet has six no but it might have seven because there's a lilac fairy who's she's the one who's like no no no, not death sleep sleep i said sleep did you hear me cool anyway Remember but three's lilac. better yeah three's way better three is way better dick if you were to cross over these two movies in some way shape or form what would you do 
Oh man, I should have been more prepared for this. Um, okay, here's here's what I do. Uh, I take these three fairies and I send them to the studio that <laughs> produced <laughs> uh, that produced the Swan Princess, and I have them fix it and turn it pink and blue. Um, no, if I if I'm gonna give a, if I'm gonna give a serious answer, here's what I do. Uh, I put I put Maleficent in the Swan Princess, and just let her let her do her thing. I don't know if anyone comes out of it alive. <laughs> Probably not. And then Rothbart. No, I don't know, Kate. I'm gonna be honest. Uh, I don't. I don't know if I have a crossover. I don't know if I have a crossover. I care about. I don't. I kind of don't want these movies to touch. To touch, yeah. Um, I would say my crossover is, you know, in spite of the two songs that almost work, replace all the music with Tchaikovsky in the Swan Princess, the way that Sleeping Beauty basically does. That's my crossover. Is you, so you cross over the score of Sleeping Beauty. Yeah, but it would be the score of Swan Lake. Okay, well, it's not really a crossover then. Well, it kind of is. <laughs> it's a conceptual crossover. All right. But do the same thing, right? Like, no. So George Bruns, the composer on Sleeping Beauty, did, I, I was reading more, they, he did use the motifs and the themes of, yeah. he didn't write really original melodies. Yeah. He just kind of expanded upon them. Wouldn't that be interesting in Swan Lake? And I feel like you'd get a different vibe. You'd have a lot less scenes that don't make any sense. Like, I feel like at least half of the songs are just scenes because someone thought of a song. Like, I was looking up. I'm like, okay, maybe there's a hunting scene where the musicians or servants are the hunted. Oh. No, that's completely that's completely manufactured for the movie. Like, oh. yeah. it's The movie is bad, Dick. This movie is bad. If you have childhood nostalgia for it, wonderful. This movie is not good. All right. They they created entire scenes for musical numbers because they're like, kids like music. Uh, no, kids don't like bad music. Kids like music, though. Kids like musicals. Kids like good music. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I do. Nice. Is it? It's time. For the final? Final. Cut? Cut. Final, final, cut, cut. Here it goes. Kate, Sleeping Beauty, mm -hmm. are you mm -hmm. of the opinion that we should just re-release this movie as is, do some sort of special edition where we plus it up or remove some stuff or turn it into a ride or do something really boring like putting it in a museum like you love to do? Um, or do we throw it in the vault never to be seen again along with uh, Song of the South and Captain EO? I think I re-release. I certainly, I don't know how much it would make in theaters, but like put it at the top of Disney Plus, put it on the Disney Channel for a spin. It, uh, I guess it's, it just passed an anniversary because it's a nine year, but at like every 10 years, bring it back out, pony it around. Like it's good. Yeah. Um. It has, I mean, if you were to special edition it, it would be like, right? Like make the relationship more progressive, but for what Disney was doing at the time, it's progressive. 
And I um, think there's if you're gonna choice make... in it as opposed to just fate. Yeah. And I think if you're going to make the relationship more progressive, you have to put more time into the relationship on screen. Or either of the characters. And one of the things that I really like about this movie yeah. is that it's not the prince-princess relationship. Mm-hmm. It's all the players around it. I will say, like, it's a fun movie to watch. It, it's not about anything. It is just a... Let's retell this in a way where every scene is fun. Yeah. It is cohesive. Like, yeah. it tells one story. But, like, I don't know what it's, what it's about. Like, well, Little Mermaid a- is about something. Beauty and the Beast asleep. is about something. <laughs> don't fall asleep. Or wait an extra day for the curse to pass before you bring this princess back to the castle where yeah. Maleficent is almost definitely waiting. Yeah, it's it's a weird... There's not really a moral there's not. to it. There's but not there's a, not in Snow White. There's, there's not, not like a message yeah. out of it. Uh, Snow White's moral is clear. Don't trust old people. <laughs> I stand by that. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. I think more people should see this. Yeah. Dick? Uh, same. Re-release. I want to see this in theaters. Yeah. I feel like... Uh, I feel like this is a movie I may have seen in the theater at some point in my life. Great. I want to see it in the theater again. I would like to see it with an audience. Oh, I think yeah. that would be really fun. I would like to see this with an audience and like a live orchestra. Ooh. That'd be really cool. Oh, I like this. Thank you. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, so that's my re-release special, special re-release. Yeah. Plus, yeah. All right, Kate. Swan Lake. Swan Princess. Swan Princess. Horse. The Swan Princess Horse. What do you do? Vault. No. Yes. No. The, just the whole thing. The Never to be whole seen thing. again. Dick, I like, we watch movies for this podcast and some of it's like, oh, that was a fun romp through nostalgia, but that's not very good. Like Charlotte's Web, which I know was closest to a vault, but I was not sold on that, right? Like, it's not very good. But I'm like, oh, I remember things. Swan Princess, I have no attachment to. I think it's actively bad. I think anything that it does that it's interesting, it completely reverses in its own storytelling. And like there have been very few times on this podcast where I've just thought, I want that 90 minutes of my life back. And I literally said that to you after we watched this. I, I'm going to say some things. I don't you. care about it. Uh, it's, the, it's, the worst, it's the worst review of all, that it wasn't even so bad that it was neat to watch it was just i didn't care about it that's fair that's fair it felt a little like who who cares like the good dinosaur right yeah. what is you, it wh- how are they high on berries right yeah, now so what some, is this here's some stuff that you didn't vault you didn't vault any of the dinosaur movies including dinosaur the good dinosaur or i didn't vault dinosaur you might have vaulted dinosaur. i might have vaulted dinosaur uh, we'll go back you, and check the records yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna get a tally because I, <laughs> I need this for reference in the future. I'm pretty sure you vaulted Titan AE. Yes. You did not vault the uh, the uh, My Little Pony movie. Mm. You did not vault uh, The Lion King. I don't know. But you. there's a lot of stuff you haven't vaulted. I just want to make it clear that you are yeah, vaulting this. I am. Great. This was I. I decided this the day that we watched it. That's fair. That I was vaulting it, and my opinion hasn't changed. That's fair. So you would say you decided before coming in to make the vote. 
Yes. Like you made up your mind. No one knocked on my door to convince me otherwise. You made up your mind before literally in the polling station to make this vote. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Brave. What about you, Dick? Are you still deciding? Are you still undecided? Yeah, you know what? I could sway either way. I really like Vault, but I think (laughs) re-release has some good (sighs) points to it too. No, I special edition this. Um, I... So this movie wasn't, I, I I understand what you're saying. I think the biggest crime for a movie is to be mediocre. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I will, I will happily watch a movie that is actively good. I will even more happily watch a movie that is actively bad. We've done that twice in the last six months, and I, it's been great. I love. I've done it much more than twice. <laughs> uh, I love. I love watching movies that are like that are terrible, even though like. People actually tried, mm-hmm. and there's like a charm to it. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like when we watch the not terrible, but in fact very good musical that you made when you were ten. Uh, no, that's the same idea. But it's yeah, it's like everything is going wrong. It's like everything it is, is an going active wrong. Active train wreck. And nothing makes sense, but it's cute, and it's there's a charm to it. Yeah. And this movie didn't. Someone believed in it. Yeah, this movie. It's, no one believed I in think this. It started there. I yeah. And then it just fell off and just became kind of a cynical uh, blah, blah 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 by the numbers thing. So here's what I do. Uh, here's my special edition. I take all of the energy from the first fifteen minutes where it was bad mm-hmm. but fun, and and I continue that throughout the mm-hmm. movie. I make. The LeFou character, who we didn't mention because we don't know his name, and also he did nothing in the movie. I, uh, I make him a bigger part of the movie. I give him a song, maybe. Uh, I pick a direction for our villain, Rothbart, because he is either goofy or he's not or something. But like, I, I think there's a way to... Not make this movie good, mm-hmm. but make this movie enjoyable. And I think that is to lean in to like the, this kind of sucks, but I'm really going for it of the first 10 or 15 minutes of the movie. Earnestness, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Thanks. Good good luck with your endeavors. Thank you. Uh, you too. <sighs> yeah. It, that being said, it wasn't, it wasn't a great movie. No. no. But Sleeping Beauty was really great. Oh, my God. Yeah, if there's one takeaway. Sleeping Beauty. Go watch Sleeping Beauty. What are you doing? We ha- like Go watch old, Sleeping Beauty right old now. Old Disney has been hit or miss for us. Yeah. In the ones that we've watched for this podcast, Snow White, really good. Mm-hmm. We, I feel like it's a, it's a mix of expectations and yeah. decades that like Bambi and Dumbo didn't really hit us in, mm-hmm. in ways that and we had Snow White and Sleeping Beauty did. Split decision on Alice. Oh, yeah. I Which forgot about I liked Alice. more than you did. Yeah. Peter Pan is good when it's not oh, incredibly racist. Peter Pan is it's so good. It's either incredibly racist or incredibly good. Racist. And it's never both. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. Oh, boy, Peter Pan. I so so it's hit or that. miss. But Sleeping Beauty, good. And, I mean, by way of absence of black people, uh, just... Uh, subtext racist, not actively. 
Yeah. I, so she, that's a step. She does have like minions, but they're like fantasy creatures. So that's the only part of this movie that I'm like, wh- like, talk about Care Bear villains. Like yeah. Maleficent has these Care Bear My Little Pony stooges with yeah. pig faces that I have n- not remembered seeing anywhere. I like. I mean, that is consciously taken out of the Maleficent. Uh, canon yeah they're a little weird and they don't super fit they they a little bit remind me of uh, again going back to fantasia the like goblins dancing around during the night on bald mountain yeah but they're cartoonier yeah they're cartoonier i do like that at one point she gets mad and i think just murders a bunch of them (laughs) or at least zaps them with like magic lightning yeah but it seems like she might just like if she doesn't murder them, then she would if they did not run away. Like, yeah, she's just like, fuck you. But yeah, so maybe so maybe that's my special edition. It's like make them more like the hyenas where like they can be goofy. Mm. But then if they're not smiling, they're a real threat. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Nice. There we go. Read. Yeah. Cool. Well, Dick Ward. Hey, Kate Phillips. Are we? We're we're out of episodes. No, that's not true. Wait, we have, are we out of episodes? We're not out of episodes. Is this but, the last Cellmates podcast ever? But we don't want it ever to be, and we know that you don't either. So if you have, I hope that I hope people um, listening don't say like, "No, I'm good. No, I'm good. This, this, this is done." Which you, you know what? Fair. Yeah. Some things, some things. Do end. What you got to do. Watchmen ended after one season. Who great? If you want more episodes and especially if you want episodes based on movies that you care about mm-hmm. or want talked about uh find us on social media yep. and recommend one movie a pair of movies 20 movies we'll figure it out four we don't do more than four at a time and we us, only do that once a year if you want us to watch all the sequels to swan princess oh my gosh and all the sequels to land before time for one episode let us know if you'd like to be co-host with Dick Ward for that series, also let us know because I won't be there. I, I, Kate, I don't know if I want to meet another person that wants to watch all those with me. We I, watched, I certainly don't, which is, again, why I won't be here. We watched some of a... No, we love you, everyone. We watched some of a Swan Princess sequel. Did we? Yeah. Oh, I'd already checked out. It was really bad CG. Oh, yeah. It was one of those CG ones. And the director of the original came back for it. It just, it looked like everyone was a background character from the Feast of Fools scene in Hunchback of Notre Dame. It was like, like 96 was the first time they used like CG people in the background. And like for 1996, great. But you look at any one of them and you're like, oh, but you those don't are like see them up close. Those are the main characters of this like t- 2010 yeah. Swan Princess. Oh, it's bad. Like reboot ass. Yeah. Bad news bears. Ugh. So you go ahead and watch those. But anyway, we can be reached on Twitter, Cellmates Podcast, Facebook, Cellmates Podcast. Uh, we are at cellmatespodcast at gmail.com if you want to email us. And our website is cellmatespodcast.com. Can't connect with us there, but you can listen to us. And you can click a link for our Twitter and hey. then connect with us there. So, so if you look. forget the word cellmates podcast, well, except for then you can't get to that website. If you forget so the word Twitter. You're out of luck. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. 
They're like, ah, what's that? What's that thing all the kids use that Dick's mom tried to search on, but just wrote the words foot surgery for foot her old surgery. Tweet. Yeah. Um, yeah, but please interact with us. We love getting ideas. We have some things in the pipeline that are coming from listeners. Um, yeah, we got some good ideas coming in. Yeah. Uh, we have, I guess, a special episode for our next one. And then we're going to do uh, one of Kate's favorite movies. No, okay. But you, not really. The timeline is not. Don't worry about it. Wait, what? No, we're not. We can't do that till the other movie is out. And that's not for like another month or two. The point is, in the next several months, we've got ideas. Well, our next Stay episode, tuned. I think, is still going to be a special episode. I believe that is true. Yes. Okay. Well, next episode is a special <laughs> episode. And then in the future. We got to be on the same spreadsheet. We gotta and then <laughs> in the next month or two, we'll have another episode out that I will tease when it is appropriate to do so. For Cellmates Podcast, I'm Kate Phillips. I'm Dick Ward. Bye. Bye. I don't think we should tease. We change plans so often. We're really... Yeah. You're really into this teasing. We had to delete the last one because we already changed it in the last. Two I feel weeks. like it would be nice to say like, "Hey, here are the here's like some hints at what we're watching, so you can watch these movies along with us." Sure. But also, like, yeah, you're right. But we then just people our, listen out of order, and people we change listen our to minds too damn much. Movies anyway. they want to listen to. Because if we had said that last time, people would have spent four painful hours. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, at least two painful hours. We don't know because we abandoned the other. Anyway, you'll find out what that is many weeks from now.